You are now tuned in to episode 75, the big 75. 75. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Episode 75 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy, Matt Deitch. Matt, that what's happening? Uh, not much, man. Um, Living the dream. Yep. Summer break. Summer break. Summer you break. Dirty dog. <laughs> I'm going to talk to my boss about getting a summer break. Well, you, you think, should. You think you'll you think you'll go for it? Uh, probably not. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I could just quit my job and go on summer break and and there kind you of, go. You know, that's I, not a bad idea. That isn't a bad idea. Sometimes you just need to go. Yeah. God, I need to win the lottery so I can. You playing? No, that's well, the problem. Well, you can't win if you don't play. That's the problem. Yeah. I gotta start playing. I haven't been playing either, but I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start, and I'm gonna win the Powerball. And uh, okay, here it is. You won a hundred million dollars. What are you buying first? First thing you buy? Oh, cabin somewhere. Cabin somewhere. Yeah. All right. Yep. What about you? I'm gonna buy. I'm. I'm gonna go and buy a brand new pickup, and then I'm getting in that pickup, heading straight west, and I'm gonna go out and buy that uh, that land out there in the black. Oh yeah, Hills. that you've always been looking yep. at. Yeah, that's that's mine. I'm I'm gonna get it in the next year or two. Either way, whether I win the lottery or not. I mean, I guess lottery or bank robbery. I don't know which one, but either way, either I'm way, getting it. Either way, you're getting your money. Getting that for show. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, yeah, enough with that jazz. But uh, note, we got another uh, killer cool interview for you uh, today. We've got Thane Jensen on. Thane is uh, from up there. I don't know. Golly, I was going to say around Minneapolis, but I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> so he, he's up there. Uh, he. Uh, Thane works for Clam, uh, Blackfish, uh, all the all the brands underneath of that Clam umbrella in, uh, I believe, customer service uh, is what he does. But uh, yeah, well, we'll ask him. Uh, we're going to get right over to him. And we're here today with Thane Jensen of T. Jensen Outdoors. Uh, Thane, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing really good, guys. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh you know, Thane, we always uh, start off the show with a couple random questions. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep this one pretty easy for you. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? <laughs> it's got to be chocolate, man, right? Just regular old Just chocolate, regular huh? Chocolate. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't live without it at the evenings after dinner. I, I agree. I, you know, I am, a, I am a regular chocolate fan. For a long time, you know, I was one of those guys that had to have the chocolate chip cookie dough. But there, there's something to be said about regular old chocolate. Yeah, you know, there's the fancy stuff, and I'll I'll dabble in the fancy stuff periodically. But uh, you gotta expand your horizons. Lately, during this whole pandemic thing, I find myself sitting in front of the TV watching the news with the entire gallon pail of uh, <laughs> little chocolate ice cream and a spoon. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it saves on dishes. Yeah, right. <laughs> saves on dishes, but it it. Uh, the wardrobe is getting a little tight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's just no, the washer just, and dryer yep, shrinking. Yep. There you go. There <laughs> you got to put it on the cold cycle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got a question, Matt? Uh, you caught me off guard with that I, one. I, I apologize. I didn't write it down, but we'll just get right into it. Thane, uh, where'd you grow up, and uh, what are some of your earliest fishing memories? Are we really going to talk about where I grew up? Right? I, I knew, I know where you grew up, and I wanted to hear it. <laughs> so, so, so I need to tell the truth. Huh? Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, originally born in southern Minnesota, um, around the Hayfield, Austin, Rochester area, and uh, very young age, moved to Iowa with my parents. My father got a job with John Deere, Go Big Green. Uh, 
and my mother is a nurse. So living down there, uh, we lived in Blackhawk County, which is a county in Iowa that uh, didn't at the time have any lakes that you could operate a motorboat on. However, uh, they held the largest registration of motorboat owners in the state. <laughs> really? So, That's interesting. Yep. So I grew up down in that Waterloo Cedar Falls area. Um, Moved up here, moved to Minneapolis area probably, well, about 10 years ago. Okay. You a Hawkeye fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than Hawkeye football. That's right. I mean, the Gophers have made it fun to watch uh, here as of late, and and it's funny. You know, you can't help but watch it. I mean, the P.J. Flex story is pretty unique, and uh, I like what they're doing, but uh, um, I'm still a Hawkeye. That's That's what I'm talking about. Well, uh you know, you moved north of the border, and, uh, well, no, no, we didn't even get into your fishing memories. How'd you get started fishing? Uh, you know what? My dad. My dad uh, My dad took me fishing quite a bit. Uh, you know, kind of one of those things handed down from his father on the farm. I hear stories often of them, you know, when it when it was raining or they couldn't farm, they would uh, they'd zip out to a, a local lake in that, uh, you know, Fairbolt area there in southern Minnesota and uh, and try their luck. And dad just, you know, he was an avid outdoorsman and, you know, hunted, fished. And I I really, you know, there again, just by going with him and hanging out, I I tell a funny story. But it's so serious, I can't even I can't even express it. I mean, we both are super passionate hunters and, and fishermen. When when it was time to move to Minnesota with my family 10 years ago, I'm darn near 40. I'll be 49, goodness gracious. Ah. Anyway, when when it was time to move at the, at the young age of 40 years old, my father and I had to sit down and have a really long conversation about the tackle box. <laughs> we had one, and we shared it because when he went, I went. When right. I went, he went. And very, you know, it was very few times where that wasn't the case, and um, so yeah, we, it was about a three day process of just saying, uh, okay, I'll take that, but I'll give you that. It was kind of funny. It was like a divorce. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure there's some mourning. There's literally one lure that, um, if we'd have been married, it, it might've caused a divorce. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called, nor does he. But it's the lure. <laughs> but it whacked him. Right. <laughs> nice. Is there like any certain, certain fish that you can remember, like? just one memorable fish that you caught growing up that oh you know actually it's it's a better story in my opinion the one that father and our father dad and i remember the best would be um we're fishing in canada um my mom needed to use the restroom so we took her into shore i was i don't even know man 10 11 years old 12 maybe and I was just casting just random, no bait, just casting around. And there was a turtle on a rock, and I'm like, I wonder if I could hit that turtle. So I cast my spinner up at the rock, and it hits the rock. Turtle falls in the, in, or jumps in the water. And as soon as the turtle hit the water, my bait almost hit the water at the same time. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I got one. And I'm like, oh, it's just a little pike. We had been catching tons and tons of dinky pike. And, uh, which leads right into our, our, our story coming up. But anyway, the, uh, this thing turned out to be a giant muskie, just huge, absolutely enormous. I fought the death out of that thing, fought it under the boat, around the boat. It ended up 
peeling line off the old Zebco 202. It jumped, spit the hook as it was tail walking, just like the old Ham's Beers commercial there. <laughs> and, uh, I'm telling you, it was. I, I, I sat there and shook for the next 45 minutes. I couldn't drink my soda. I couldn't do anything. I was just like in awe of the thing. Crazy. So that's probably my best fishing memory that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, there's right. nothing wrong. That's a good well, that's one. a good one. Now, uh, Thane, like like you said, you moved uh, north of the border up to Minnesota, and uh, you've uh, you've got a really cool job now. Tell us what it is that you do. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm blessed, man. Um, landed up here. We moved up here to uh, – I have my own sales rep agency. I was a kitchen and bath cabinet manufacturer's rep and uh, had the opportunity for my wife to come up here and, and uh, uh, help open up a new hospital. Um, and it, it brought me closer to the company I was working for at the time. And things kind of went south with the whole housing market, and it just it just didn't make sense for me to keep doing what I was doing. So I bailed out and uh, shut the business down and had a little bit of a, a downtime. Finally, the wife's like, buddy, you got to get off the couch. <laughs> I appreciate the laundry being done and the house clean and the kids to school, but uh, you need to contribute. I'm like, right on. So. They were putting up the new building at Clam. I applied for the job that I didn't get um, and and reached back out and said, hey, you know what? I'm available for anything. If you need help loading for a show, working a show, I'm in. You know, I'm 10 minutes down the road all weekends, holidays, doesn't matter. Um, about a month later, I was I got an email from Matt Johnson, and he asked if I'd be interested in supervising a crew of temporary employees working on a project in our warehouse. I said, when you want me? He said, how about Friday? I said, okay. Started doing that, and uh, we we knocked that project out. They felt it would be like a three-month project, and uh, we got her done early. And they said, hey, we're running a little behind in customer service. Can you help us on the weekends? I said, yep. So I worked Saturdays and Sundays until, uh, until they were like, hey, could you help us during the week too? I said, yep. So we just kept doing her, and uh, finally when the season was done, um, like I said, I was blessed enough to, to be one of the folks that they asked to stick around. And um, shortly thereafter, about a year, year and a half, I was asked to take over the customer service department and manage that team. Nice. And here I am. Yeah. So what... Working closely with our marketing department. I, I, you know, I love talking to our customers, talking with our customers, answering questions, and and promoting the great products that we do offer. Now, Clam has quite a bunch of products uh, or, or brands underneath, but what are some of those brands? So underneath the Clam umbrella itself, you're talking, so obviously there's Clam. We've got Clam Pro Tackle. Uh, we've got Big Tooth Musky Tackle. Um, oh, geez, Polar Trailer, you know, a lineup of yard carts and utility trailers for ATVs. Um, quick set screen shelters right now, uh, that's a product that's just taken off in the seven years I've been with the company. Um, it, that thing has grown so, so massive. It's unreal. Uh, what else can I think of? We recently acquired all terrain tackle. You bass guys will get a, get a kick out of that. Oh yeah. Um, some really, really awesome bass baits that, that just flat out catch them. And then, uh, boy, I, I don't want to miss anything here, man. Am I? I don't think I am, but if I do, I apologize. Uh, and then a 
about three years ago now, we we decided to enter that uh, summertime market a little bit more on the fishing side in the apparel business with Blackfish Gear. Um, obviously, we own the company, but it is a separate company from Clam. Um, that helps with you know folks that have sponsorship issues when maybe they on the ice side can't uh, can't be a part of of something that clams involved in, but yet blackfish being a completely separate entity, um, it, it kind of opens that door. So that's really interesting. I never and, thought yeah. about that. We don't hide it, but, but we, we do try to keep them separate as best we can. Yeah. Now, uh, blackfish, uh, you know, obviously, uh, like you said, just a couple years old, uh, whatever, but, uh, this is uh, clothing or gear specifically tailored to beat the elements, beat the sun, beat the cold, beat the rain. Uh, tell us about uh, some of the stuff that's in that lineup. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's kind of a fun story to tell you guys. I mean, we, Blackfish Stems, the name itself comes from, you know, Blackfish of the family, you know, Black Sheep of the family, right? So we're different than everyone else. Um, at least we were at the time when we when we launched the, the product lines. And, and our goal, we were looking long and hard for a long time to try and find a way to enter this market, but we didn't want to be another me too company. We wanted to be able to, to say, all right, here we are and here's why we're different and here's why we're the best. And, you know, I think we found it. Um, you know, I, like I said, we've got a lot of, a lot of competitors that have kind of jumped on the same bandwagon with some of the same fabrics we're using. And, and you know, that's the ultimate the ultimate flattery right there you know you're doing it right when people are wanting to do exactly what you're doing so um didn't want to be a me too company so we source products that do amazing things and that's the secret sauce of blackfish and blackfish gear our rainwear is waterproof and breathable probably three times or more than the highest level of gore-tex product out there all while being waterproof there's nothing in it it's the material that does that a lot of other suits on the market are absolutely waterproof but they have a something is applied to that fabric in order to make it that way which ultimately can wear out wash off whatnot and have to be reapplied doesn't happen with our rain gear blackfish rain gear our event technology our event fabric we encourage people to wash it um, cause it only makes it better. Right. now you did a Facebook live here a while back and, and you had kind of said that there's actually a whole bunch of little holes in this rain gear that wicks moi- your moisture away from you, but it doesn't let that moisture in. Now that, exactly. that's just crazy. It, allow- yeah. it allows you, your, your moisture to, to, to elim- you know, to leave the garment, but it's so, these holes are so microscopic. It does not let the water um, the water in, we, we, you know, when we do a show and you've probably seen it there, Scott, um, you know, we put like a, just a standard bubbler and it, it's a, a little pump, just pumping air from like a, a small aquarium into a chamber that then goes through the material and up into the water. And you just see all the bubbles. And I know at the Milwaukee show, they did a comparison with, with some other product I don't even know, but, uh, it was, it was, it, it tells the story very, very well visually. Yeah. That's, that's and, really and you cool. just, you just won't find other people out there saying, Hey, go ahead and wash it, wash it as much as you want. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Now, obviously, you know, when you go through, uh, when you go through the Blackfish, uh, um, website or, or if you find it in a store and whatever, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. This stuff is not cheap, but I mean, For you sure. guys are out, uh, offering a premium quality product, uh, you know, and, and I guess with that comes a premium price tag, but, uh, right. you know, buy you it know, once uh, and buy it for life. Right. It, it, I, having my job and, and during this whole work from home phase that we're all going through right now, it's been kind of interesting because I've kind of taken over answering the, the bulk of the, the voicemails that come in. And I had a similar conversation with a gentleman on the phone and he said, well, here's the deal. Why my dad taught me early on to, you might as well just buy what you're going to end up with. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's a good, that's a <laughs> great I'm point. Like, wow. You know what? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah you'll run, you'll run around and buy a bunch of the cheaper stuff and eventually, yeah, you yeah, might as well just mean to say that, you know, it, it, the other stuff doesn't work. It, right. it absolutely does. It's just it all depends on what you're really looking for. Right. You want something that's going to last you for years and years and years, or you know maybe a year or not even a year. So when you don't want it to fail uh, halfway through a Canadian fishing trip or something like <laughs> no, that. No, that's never good. Never, never good when that happens. And and, and you know, and guys, we talk about that. You know. The, the secret sauce is in the material. I mean, that carries over from the rain suits all the way into our, you know, our, our chemical-free cooling shirts that we offer there. Again, these things are the best way for me to describe it is a swamp cooler that you wear. Um, if you're familiar with what a swamp cooler is, it basically blows air across a radiator that has water trickling down it that cools, that cools and moisturizes the rest of the air. Um, it's, this stuff is so cool. It's, I dropped a, I was brushing my teeth one morning and I'm like, doggone it, I got a run in my shirt. Well, it wasn't. I dropped a drop, one little droplet from the toothbrush, hit my gray shirt and just took off. And I had a line clean across my chest. And that's exactly what it was. The droplet hit, the garment went to work and it, and it redistributed that moisture across the front of my chest in a straight line and well, in less than a minute it was dry huh. so it's moving your moisture so say from your underarms that that moisture may evaporate clean on the other side down by the down by the tail of the shirt and so it's moving it all over the place all the time right it's always working and in doing so it spreads it out which keeps you dry and, and also doing so, there there's a secondary piece of fabric that kind of creates an air pocket, if you will, between your fabric and your body. So only 50% of the garment is actually touching your skin at one point, at one time. Huh. <laughs> anyway, these gaps create little pockets of air, which speeds up the evaporation process, and that keeps you cool. That's it's like an extension of, of your body's natural cooling system. All of that, and you're being protected from the sun. So it, it's they're so cool. It's it's the I can't even. Well, and it's, you, they're just awesome. <laughs> and it, you know that is so important. Now you say protection from the sun. I, nobody wants to be out there in a long sleeve shirt and sweat right. their tail off. Where this, mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, it's cooling you off. It's protecting you from those harmful sun rays and stuff like that. You know, like I'm a, I'm not a big guy for like suntan lotion. I don't like being all greasy and stuff like that. So I do like 
the sun protection clothing where I can cover up pretty good with it. Absolutely. I, I absolutely hate sunscreen. I hate bug spray. I don't like that slimy, gross feeling. And let's face it, right? The fish know when you when you got that oh, stuff yeah, no on. No doubt about it. Right. <laughs> no doubt about it. You know, Thane, uh, I texted you before we got this interview uh, set up, and me and Matt sure. were kind of talking about it. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, last week I had said that we were going to do a giveaway because this is our 75th episode. And I think that uh, uh, this episode will drop on Monday morning. On Tuesday, we're going to have a post on our Facebook page. Uh, if you come and you like the Midwest Angler Podcast Facebook page, and then you scoot over to the T. Jensen Outdoors Facebook page, if you like both of those pages, come back to our original post and, and uh, write done. We're going to give away a Blackfish uh, uh, UPF shirt, and I, I think I think the lucky winner uh, will be pretty impressed. Hey, that's awesome. First and foremost, guys, congratulations on 75 episodes. That's awesome. And <laughs> I know. What a crazy great prize, man. I'm proud. <laughs> proud and blessed to be a part of the giveaway that, that's awesome thank you no thanks for being on yeah absolutely what, what would what would you say your favorite piece of gear in the blackfish lineup is who there's man. a lot of good ones i know that but like what yeah yeah you know <laughs> uh man geez my favorite is gonna you know, it you gotta make me pick one or can i just give you a, a quick handful yeah. Yeah, we're good with a quick uh, my, yeah we're good my for a quick favorite hand. is the gale hoodie yeah yep. that's you know I I, a lot of people um, yeah that thing is absolutely ridiculous but you know there again if you would be outside today or tomorrow or excuse me yesterday or today oh yeah you'd you be in trouble it. yeah you you know then i'm probably gonna be that guy that's looking to be in an angler hoodie i like the hoodie because it covers the sides of my face as yeah. well um neck gaiters are awesome we have them um i'm just not a neck gaiter guy it seems to grab my beard stubble and same i'm not a fan i can't do them nope yeah uh so i i've got that gale uh pullover hoodie also and the fuzzy inside i just man i love it but you're right i mean me and matt we've gone out early in the morning and man that thing is perfect early in the morning you mm -hmm. come about 10 o'clock and you better yeah. start getting her off or yeah. you're in trouble. Scott sweats bad yeah. the way it is. I mean, oh, so. give me a break. <laughs> I was the, the first time I put it on, it was in the spring, and it was really, really windy, and I bought it, and I went to lunch, and I walked out the door, and I'm like, that was the first time I think I ever realized that something I put on made the wind go away, and I was just completely like, whoa. you know. And, and I've seen it so much across this lineup where people are like, hey, you know what, it really did what you said it was going to do. And it's like, it's tough to speak to that technology, guys, and not sound like a used car salesman. No, <laughs> right, no offense right. to used car salesman out there, but, you know, it sounds like you're selling snake oil. But when, when you actually buy one, put it on, go out in the field and experience it for yourself, you're like, wow, that guy's not just crazy. Hmm. Well, okay. well, yeah, I'm I don't know about I'm that. A <laughs> I'm a little crazy. <laughs> right <laughs> we all are yep <laughs> right no uh also thane you know when we were uh setting up this interview uh me and you were texting back and forth and uh one of the deals that me and you talked about was uh catch and release specifically on northern pike uh tell us a little bit about your stance on that issue well here, here's the thing i guess i guess maybe maybe you kind of run that a little bit together catch and release period it, I'm, I'm super big uh, proponent for um, just across the board 
Um, I just think that we need to, with all the technology that, that's been brought to light over the years in angling, we as anglers need to be stewards of the resource. And, you know, uh, so many people we run into, we'll call them the old guard anglers, right? That it's all about a limit right. that yep. determines if you had success. It's all about filling a bucket. And if we got a bucket full today, well, we should go back and get another one tomorrow. You know, that's just not a good way to, and, and then complain, right? For, for the next few years as to why the lake's not kicking out any decent fish. Um, I think we've made massive strides in, in, in putting some of those thoughts and ideologies behind us, um, but there's still more work to do, and, and I think we, you know, there's a lot of really good organizations out there doing a good job, so um, that's, that's just my stance on catch and release, period. Um, the whole northern pike thing, um, I can't take 100% credit, but when I heard it from one of my one of our ice team pros, Tony Mariotti, from up in the Detroit Lakes area, was on a radio show here one morning. I was driving to the lake, and it was like getting clocked upside the head with a two-by-four listening to him speak. And, you know, I do I dabble in some guiding in, in the metro area here, and, um, you know, I, I had an unfortunate situation where a gentleman caught a pike. It was about a 27-inch pike uh, yeah you know i didn't want it in the boat i didn't want to deal with it right i'd get it off i put it back in the water and he looked at me like i canceled christmas <laughs> he's like that's the biggest fish i've ever caught and i'm like and we didn't even take a picture and, and i felt horrible and to to tony's point like i said when i when i heard him talking you know we as anglers have those of us that people look up to and i'm not saying that i'm anything along those lines but uh um, I certainly want to do good in light of the sport, and uh, we gotta we gotta quit demonizing the hammer handle pike, <laughs> right? Right. Oh yeah. You know, or that's all that's going to be out there. I mean, they 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 share a place in the ecosystem. They're never going to get huge if we just kill them to kill them. Which, sadly enough, that does happen. Oh, for sure. Um, they're they're very very good table fare, and I know several folks that prefer pike. Um, everybody hears terrible stories about the Y bones. Okay. Even if you, even if you don't know how to take the Y bones out and you butcher up the filet to get rid of all of the bones, right? You're, st- you know, put it to good use. Um, yeah. that's kind of my Northern pike thing. I just, I feel like they've gotten a really negative stigma and, you see it on TV shows oftentimes now. You, you hear it from guides. You hear it from professional anglers. Oh, it's just a stupid pike, you know. They don't even want it in their net, <laughs> you know. Right. Do you, what I do don't you, know. What do you guys think? Well, what I do mean, you think that's... is, do you think it's because they ruin tackle? Do you think it's because they stink? Do you think it's because, you know, they got teeth and, and you know, they, they seem to be, you know, we all know that they're slimy when you're taking them off, you know pretty good way to get a treble hook in the hand you know mm-hmm. I, do you think that that's what it is or i mean is it just because they're not the target species i i don't know i think to be honest i think the fact that if if you could let i think that it has to do with the fact that you catch so many of those little 18 to 19 22 inches i i really do feel like that's because there's there's not enough meat for somebody in, in a lot of folks's opinion to 
take it home and clean it. Um, they're just a pest. They do have gnarly little teeth that'll tear you to pieces. Um, and they're, and there's, they're the most willing to bite when they're that size, right? Right. When you're little, you're eating all the time. When you're big, you're going to have one big meal. And that's why you catch them. That's why you catch so many of them, in my opinion. Um, I'm not a biologist. I'm just a, a goofball that likes to fish a lot, you know, and, and I like to listen um, and then sit down and think about things. And when Tony said that, I got to thinking, and it's like, you know what, if we're not careful, <laughs> we're going to we're going to push these things to rough fish status. Right. Right. And, oh, yeah. you know, if you could go out and catch a 30 inch, you know, 30 inch pike, every time you hit the lake, you'd be jacked up for that. I would be. Yeah, no doubt. Who wouldn't? I mean, those are, they fight like crazy, but you know, <laughs> you got to deal with the 17s and the 18s, you know, to get there. Right. No, so I don't know what the answer is. I just know that I think as, as, as ambassadors of the sport of angling, I think we should probably, I feel like we should probably take a long, hard look at how we, how we treat Northern Pike and how we talk about them and how we, how we, you know, position them, you know, when you're in front of other people that are impressionable and maybe looking up to you. Now, Minnesota has kind of really revamped their Northern Pike, like rules and laws, haven't they in the last few years? They they absolutely have, and they're they're looking at some additional changes to the panfish stuff. Like I said, I've not been out a whole lot even yet this year, which is kind of sad. But um, I was focused on that turkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're <laughs> but, getting to uh, that. We're getting to yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah. So, like I said, they've got a lot going on there. I, I I don't really fish for pike. I run into them all the time. I catch them all the time. And I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of, of everything that, that I was just talking about as far as bringing them home to, to, to eat them. Um, part of that is this, you know, disclaimer, you can beep this out if you want, but uh, I really don't like to eat fish. Really? You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, we did. We had a fish fry on Sunday this last weekend, but uh, I really hate cleaning fish. My wife doesn't like eating fish, period, so I really... I mean, man, catch and I, release is I, easy for you. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah, ninety-five percent right. of, of the yeah. fish I catch, probably ninety-nine percent, uh, gets released. Uh, the little bit that I do keep, uh, I've got a couple people at work, a couple neighbors, and that's that's yep. where the fish goes. Yeah, nope, I, I'm in the same boat. Like I said, I would prefer to to just not eat fish. Doesn't mean I won't eat it. You know, if if, if me and the guys are out fishing, they want to have a fish fry. By all means, we're going to have a fish fry. But, yep. Uh, yeah, it's not something that uh, that I'll bring home unless the family's like, "Hey, you've been fishing a bunch lately, and uh, we haven't had fish in a bit. I'll make it. It's no big deal." But it's not like like my father; he would eat that stuff until he couldn't see straight. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. just not that guy. Right. Yeah, and do you think like with the little northerns, they get a lot of you know nicknames? They got hammer handles, something like that. Some people like to call them snakes too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, there isn't a whole lot good that's associated with the dang things right, right. Well, i'm just wondering you know, you know you're you're a big proponent of uh you know a, a, a better light shined on northerns how do you feel about a better better light shined on snakes oh brother 
<laughs> every snake in the world needs to go, as far as I'm concerned. What? Yeah, I'm not a snake guy whatsoever. Nope. You want to see someone walk on water? I'll find a way to do it. Put a snake in there. Put uh-uh. a snake. So, uh, so I, I, uh, a little birdie, <clears throat> Craig Oiler. Yeah, yeah I, might, uh, I might know who that birdie is. Yeah, uh, told me uh, about a, a story uh, involving a turkey picture. You care to tell that story? The, the, the best and worst moments of my life all in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's hear it. So, first time ever hunting the Black Hills, going with Craig and his dad, Dave. My father and I drive out there. I said to him early on, I said, Craig, I said, I hear you guys got rattlesnakes. Is it something? Do I need to get snake boots? What's what's the story? He's like, dude, I've lived out here forever. I think I've seen like three in my life. He lies. Okay? <laughs> just, just believe that. Anyway, we're out there. We go to the first place. Called in some birds. Nothing happened. It was, they were all hens. We had breakfast, went to another ranch, went out, struck a gobbler sat down birds coming in i think it's going to be a perfect shot for my dad i watched the bird drift out of range and around him well as he's doing that i hear another bird gobble this i'm like good lord that thing's right in front of me turn around just in time to see two beautiful miriam's wild turkey tail fans come over the hill i said eeny meeny miny mo boom had my bird okay so we're all high-fiving. It's my first Williams Black Hills bird, just having a blast. And I'm like, well, let's get some pictures. So we're looking around. And, and being that promotional geek and marketing guy, I'm like, okay, these pictures got to be stellar, right? Oh, yeah. So I find this little rock outcropping, this little flagstone, limestone rock, rock outcropping. If you look on my my, my Thane Jensen uh, Facebook post, it's probably the the cover picture right now but anyway we're setting up there taking all these pictures craig's dad says he's down there it's just craig and i and he goes don't move and right then and there i knew i was done <laughs> i knew i knew that i was in trouble and i didn't even have to ask i'm like are you kidding me right now and he's like seriously there is a very small rattlesnake i'm like are you flipping kidding me and i'm like i'm out i'm out I'm like, I'm out. And Craig's like, no, 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 one more picture. I'm like, Craig, I'm out. He's like, so he called me a handful of names. And I, but if you look at the picture, I got a really bad lean to me because I'm like in a track stance ready to run <laughs> clean back to Iowa, Minnesota, wherever. Didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even have gone to Nebraska. <laughs> well, I don't know uh, about that. <laughs> to get away from that thing. I think the Cox boys got some rattlesnakes yeah. down there. Oh, so they yeah. They probably have some yeah, pet right. rattlesnakes. No one knows, guys. They got one in their pocket. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're rugged enough. They probably do. Yeah. yeah. So so how close was this snake? Um, 18 inches. Oh, no. Yeah. So you're like, it wasn't just like the, five yards away. Thing, We're talking right? close. And I don't know anything about them, right, other than I hate them. I hate all snakes. doesn't matter. They're all serpents. They all want to kill me. I don't care how big they are. Anyway, this thing was just a little guy there. Oh, he's just a little baby one. Didn't even have a rattle, just had a button. Okay. <laughs> Later to find out that those are the most dangerous because they don't know how to control their venom. So oftentimes you get by one of them jokers, you're getting the whole shot. Yeah. Rather than, you know, saving it. <laughs> have you ever thought about the fact that any place that there are rattlesnakes is like the farthest place away from a hospital? 
like you know, you, you get out west, and you know, I mean, you can go forty-five minutes, an hour, hour and a half to the nearest hospital, and that's where the rattlesnakes are. You make a good point. I think I should. Uh, in, yeah, I don't need Craig trying to suck the venom out of my leg. So. <laughs> yeah, no good. No. He'd enjoy it. <laughs> nah, he probably wouldn't do it. He'd probably t- start video and watch me swell up and start <laughs> flopping around. Oh man! All right, so we got one more. Uh, we got one more story from Craig, and God, I don't even know if I'm, I, I think I'm going to regret even asking you about this, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I don't even know what this is, but he he texted and said, this is what you got to ask him. Let's hear about Bubba the Love Sponge. Oh, so <laughs> this is actually kind of a cool story of a really funny, funny, Craig, Craig Euler and Dan Hogue and I were meant to be best friends, period. <laughs> so when I worked on the road, I listened. I was on the road. I mean, I drove basically all day from, from call to call. And he, Howard Stern is big on satellite radio, so I'm listening to Howard Stern, and he had this show on every day. I don't even remember. It was like 11 to 2 or something like that. And the guy's name was Bubba the Love Sponge. And you can Google him. He's out there. He's best friends with well he was best friends with hulk hogan until some shenanigans happened there and but anyway uh bubba was the largest fine radio disc jockey in all the land forever and he probably still holds that one but it was pretty rude it was pretty lewd and very crude but made for some amazing entertainment ripping down the freeway so um he had lots of sayings he kind of had his own language and and people that didn't listen to the, the show had no idea what you were talking about if you said it, right? And I, we were somewhere, and I was talking with Craig. Um, I don't even remember where it was, but he and I were talking, and I said something like, you know, Pro Staff Willie or something like that. And he looked at me and kind of cocked his head, and he's like, you listen to Bubba? <laughs> And I looked at him, and, and, and they, you know, they had the thing where you T-shirts and the whole deal, and it was Bubba Army and FTE, full chapter effect, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? So I looked at him, and I'm like, yeah, FTE, brother. And he looked at me, and he was like, you just became my new best friend. <laughs> well, You like so guacamole? Find, yeah, yeah. So then I find out, then I find out that Dan Hope with Cold Snap he, he's also a, a Bubba Mark, so which that the whole Mark thing is a Bubba Bubbaism as well. So, yep, That's... Bubba the Love Sponge. He did some pretty crazy stuff, man. I... <laughs> Matt, are you familiar with Bubba the Love Sponge? I'm not. I'm familiar with Howard Stern, but not Bubba the Love Sponge. I didn't. Yeah, Bubba was back in the day. Oh, jeez, I can't even. I, I, I was up here. Yeah, probably ten years ago, nine, ten, eleven years ago. 12 years ago oh yeah he's still out there doing it but he's podcast willie now podcast, podcast willie <laughs> we yep. keep trying to come up with a nickname for scott so oh yeah we don't yeah. need a nickname i don't know so, i don't, yeah, I don't yeah. need a nickname <laughs> 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 all right well but, uh, yeah that's 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 the that's the the bubba the love sponge story and that's how you became best friends yes <laughs> No, uh, Thane, we really appreciate uh, you taking time out of your day and uh, being on the show. Uh, before we let you go, uh, if somebody wants to follow uh, your fishing adventures, uh, tell them where uh, they can find you at. 
Absolutely. So I've got a, a Facebook page, it's, uh, a little bit of Instagram action as well. It's uh, T Jensen Outdoors. Uh, it's just a little page I do to promote uh, some of the folks that help me out along the way. Right on. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we'll get you a few more uh, Facebook likes uh, with that deal. Uh, we'll give away that Blackfish uh, uh, hoodie or whatever. We'll, we'll go on the Internet after this and figure out uh, what we want to what we want to give away and uh yeah like i said earlier uh like your page like our page and uh you'll be entered to win so hey that sounds amazing awesome well thank you very much yeah thanks thane thank you guys for having me like i said it's been a pleasure and uh, i look forward to uh maybe sometime doing this again you bet for sure see ya right on boys take care and that was thane jensen or uh bubba the love sponge or whatever (laughs) you want to call him call him scared of snakes uh (laughs) Yeah, well, that was Thane. Uh, killer awesome interview. Uh, Thane's a spectacular talker, if you couldn't tell, and uh, had a lot of really cool uh, insight. I, I, I really enjoyed the Northern Pike deal. Yeah, that, it, you know, it is true. We we all look down on them at sometimes. Sometimes we all become kind of a species snob where we go out after a certain thing and we don't catch that one and we catch a different species. We're kind of like, oh, I got that on. Yeah, I you know. It, it, it ticks me off when I'm uh, when I'm out in a bass tournament and, you know, you set the hook and it's like, oh, you know, because you, cause you're one short of your limit or whatever and, you know, you just want to knock off that limit and uh, then it ends up being a pike and, you know, obviously if you catch a pike, it's a pretty solid fish. You feel like you really got something, you right. know, man, this is really going to be my kicker fish. Now that's a pike, mm-hmm. you know, it, you, afterwards, a lot of times, you know, you're going to have to retie because it's going to yep. bugger oh, yeah. up your bugger up your line and whatnot but i'll be honest outside of a of a bass tournament or something like that i love catching bike like oh, they when, fight. there's no doubt about it when we were up north uh you know in canada last year i mean basically the whole entire time that's really what we were going after we didn't go after the walleye nearly as much as what we should have because partly because we were having trouble finding them and partly because them pike were so stinking fun to catch and i think everyone just you know wanted to crack that 40 inch pike right. but the, the smell <laughs> the, wow. the smell and and yeah that, like that's said, one they thing just, yeah they tear up gear you try to you know you want to put them in the net sometimes but then they roll around in the net and tear the net apart along with you know everything else and then you got to take them out of there and it just they just can be a lot of work once you land them matt don't be a fish snob bro. i'm not being a fish snob. Kinda, i'm just you kind of i'm just you were kind of becoming a fish why. snob there that's why i'm just we saying just why. got done talking about i don't enjoy got... catching them all the time when i'm fishing other stuff did they you not take listen to thane i did listen to thane but and i agree with some of the stuff he said but i obviously just, not i just sometimes it's just like ugh, a northern <laughs> you just think you're so cool that's you're the, not that's, that's the same way with the with a sheep's head though when you're out there like smally fishing and you hook into something and you're just kind of like oh you enjoy the fight and it's like man this thing fights but then it, but then you catch yourself like oh man once you see what it is you're like oh you know that's what it is but then you forget how much you enjoyed it like enjoy yeah. fighting the fish so i mean like like i said in a in a tournament setting you know your your heart's going because it's like man this is the fish i need to you know really oh, yeah. you know really uh catapult me in the tournament and whatnot and then you find out it's a sheep's head or you find out that it's a that it's a pike or whatever but i don't know outside of a tournament setting i'm just and maybe i'm maybe i'm still green maybe you know i haven't caught enough of them to really tick me off yet but i don't know i'm 
I'm at that. I'm at that point where I still think it's fun. Oh, well, you, well, you hook into a big one. It's. I mean, it is a good time, but it's just some small ones that, you know, the big ones. You seem like you can handle them a little bit better. You can get your hand up there. They don't flop around as much. It's those little ones that just. They're all over the place, and you can't really get a good grip on them. So that's that's the biggest thing, you know. I mean, they're freaking slimy. Uh, I mean, you know, you get it on your clothes, and you get it on your hands, and I I don't know. I don't throw much baits with treble hooks, but I just feel like if if the day that I finally get a hook in my hand, bad, it's going to be off of a little twenty inch pike right. that just went bananas. Right. There's and not that. and there's nothing scarier when you get a hook in your hand. And it's still attached to that twenty-inch pike, and you're just sitting there holding. Right, you're like holding your breath, like, "Oh, let me get this out. Let me get this out before you know, because you know what's going to happen. You know they're going to start flopping around or twisting and doing all that stuff, and it can it can get to be pretty wild." Right. Now, uh, speaking of tournament fishing, there uh, we got two two cool deals uh, coming down the pipe with Bassmaster. Uh, A, we are getting dangerously close to actually having to set a fantasy, fantasy fishing yeah. lineup because. Uh, you know, the 10th, I, th- I think it's the 10th through the 13th. Uh, we are, uh, they're going to be fishing at Ufala. So, uh, we finally got a tournament again and, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to go back and try to reteach myself how to set a lineup. <laughs> That's right. I mean, hopefully, it's been a long time. Hopefully you remember your password to get in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do know, I do know that I do know my password cause I did log in today just to, All just right, to go and check it, it out. But, uh, they, they kind of totally revamped that website over this break. Oh, did they? Yeah, there's a lot more. Visited it very much. There's a lot more statistics on there, and mm. uh, it uh, it says like all the people who got the perfect weight in the last tournament. Oh, and, cool. And uh, it it tells you like what the perfect lineup would have been, and there's uh, actually a grid up there, uh, you know, saying the names of the people that uh, um, you know had the best lineups in the last one and and that was never on there at least for me and you know i i do it well, on my phone on the mobile site so well i guess they've had time to they've had to keep right. themselves busy somehow right right <laughs> uh, i didn't see my name up at the top and i didn't see your name up at the top but uh we're on our way well, that's right we're, we're on our way we're just hanging out in the weeds i don't know if you Waiting. saw right yeah kind of like a northern pike about northern. a 20 incher yeah <laughs> we're gonna wreck stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, other news with the uh, Bassmaster, uh, 2021 Bassmaster Classic uh, announced. Did you see that? Uh-uh. Where it's at? Uh-uh. Cowtown, Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, Ray right. Roberts. Ray Roberts. Ray there Bob. Ray Bob. That'll they, be interesting. When, in March again? In March 19 through 21, I believe. Ooh, that could be... Yeah, it, it could be a fun one. They said that that is going to be the biggest make or break Bassmaster Classic. Like you, you're right. either going to be a hero or a zero. Right. And, and they they talked about all the sunken trees in that lake. They said that the freaking techs are going to have a <laughs> they're going to have their hands full uh, fixing fixing lower units. So yeah, That'd I don't know. Fun. Yeah, something different. You know, down in Texas that time of year. It, yeah, I mean, it could. There's a lot of big it fish could get down crazy. there. Crazy. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you got anything else, Matt? You got out the last... Yeah, last... No, over to Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, yep. Yep, got got after the bass. That was decent. a really, really, really cool video that yeah, you made. Yeah, I was just sitting around, and it was just like... Just started messing with some of the footage that I had taken that day. Just put the GoPro going and got some cool clips. And Add Matt on Facebook. Matt Deitch, D-E-U-T-C-H. Add him on Facebook. Go find you that f- video. You, you forgot You forgot the S. D-E-U-T-S-C-H. If they get that close, <laughs> they're going to find you. 
Jeez. <laughs> go at them on Facebook. Go find that video and leave a leave a nasty review on it. Like, video sucked, punk. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like, nowadays I think that means that it's cool, right? That's like that new be. slang. Like, yeah, like, oh man, that's bad. So, like, so, just, bad. so just go in there and be like, this is an awesome video. And that's like yeah, the biggest slam that you so, could have on me. So. That thing was garbage. Yeah. No. no, garbage is good. So. Is it is it good now? I don't know. You you're with them kids all the time. You haven't been, but uh, you're with the kids. You know the you know the new slang. I'm I'm kind of like you know for the longest time like I thought I was kind of hip. Like you know I thought I was up on the new stuff. Like right. it passed me up. Right. Yeah. It passed me up. Yeah. Nobody's getting jiggy with it anymore. Yeah. Apparently, like cargo <laughs> shorts aren't cool anymore. I guess. Well, that's a load of crap because I'm wearing them. Like cargo how, shorts and cracks. Here we go. Did you see my shirt? What does your shirt say? If you ain't cracking, you ain't rocking. Ain't that awesome? <laughs> if you ain't cracking, you ain't rocking. You should change it around and say, don't come a knocking when these crocs are rocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's a living right there. Okay. Any, any feel good stuff? Oh my gosh, you why am I always ones. forgetting this? Well, I'll, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Me and uh, Grady and Aubrey and my brother all just absolutely hammered the yellow bass and the bluegills uh out on my parents dock last weekend yeah you guys got uh, some good ones we did we caught a lot of really really awesome caliber yellow bass and uh i don't know you know it's it's not that often that i get to go fishing with my brother uh you know he's he's busy he's got an acreage uh out north of where we live uh you know quite a bit of land and uh he's he's busy mowing he's got a young kid and uh and uh, so he's busy with that. And I don't know, just all four of us out there on that docket, it felt good. Yep. And uh, I will say another another kind of non-fishing related uh, cool deal. Yesterday, uh, I was actually able to go in. I don't even know if I've told the listeners, but uh, my wife is pregnant. Have we talked about that? I don't know. And I haven't been able to go to any uh, doctor's appointments because of this COVID deal. Right. Yesterday, I finally got I got to go to uh, an appointment, and we found out what the gender of the baby is. I don't actually know. It's in an envelope. All right. And uh, Jeremy K across the road is going to open that envelope, and we're going to shoot off cannons or something like that uh, next next week. But uh, I don't know. That that was kind of cool. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I I don't like taking off work. Uh, anytime that it's not for fishing but uh you know going up there i was kind of i was a little i was getting a little bit more excited and you know it was just cool to see it yeah that's awesome so that's 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 my feel-good stories you well you know i don't know how i top those things but i i don't know oh you can't give it you're you're the silver medalist in this podcast i know i am i'm I'm the robin to your batman so um i'd have to say i don't know i guess my dad caught a pb or pb bluegill the other day he caught really? one that was 10 right at 10 and a half inches so. heck yeah so that was pretty cool for him yeah. um and that's I, jig and joe deitch by the way you joe. don't get the name jig and joe by catching small panties <laughs> well you do but it's just <laughs> no <laughs> i one of these times i'm gonna have to tell uh, that's a story for some time how he got the nickname jig and joe we'll, we'll, that, we'll get that we don't have time now but we'll, we'll get into that and that's all that's all me, and it's it's a funny, interesting story there. You guys too. are going to be sitting on the edge of your seats until episode seventy six rolls around on how Jig and Joe got his name. Jig and Joe and Real and Rich, Real and Rich. All righty. Well, with that, that is episode seventy five. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next week.